0: Welcome to the Flex Success Podcast, where we teach you how to be less shit. Covering all things science relating to nutrition, training, recovery, and more. Who knows? We might even sprinkle in a dick joke or two. (laughs) Hey everyone. Howdy. Today we have, I think, a really useful topic that we're going to talk about. I
1: thought you were going to say special guest in case they can hear us snoring in the background.
0: (laughs) Well, we do have a special guest. His name is Vanilla Ice. He's a seven-year-old, what is he, American Bulldog Cross? Yeah. And he is snoring right next to us. But we have very expensive mics that should be blocking out his snoring, so that's okay.
1: One would hope. He's a foster dog.
0: We're just fostering him for a week maybe two, while his ears heal because he has an ear infection, and then he'll be available for adoption. It's very sweet.
1: That old chestnut. She says, can we foster him for a week? No, now it's maybe two.
0: The shelter did say a week. I'm not lying. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't
1: be mad either way.
0: But anyways, we normally like to kick off these podcasts with a personal update. Um, oh. Dean, maybe you can give the personal update because I definitely will break down in tears. So just yeah. say quickly and move on. Why are we able to foster <laughs> vanilla eyes?
1: We are able to foster vanilla. I don't want to call him vanilla eyes. I know. I just go with vanilla. vanilla. Well. Big, by the way, he's just a big white dog. That's why I think he's vanilla. And he has what color eyes?
0: blue like bright blue bright eyes blue. he almost looks like he's got cataracts they're so bright
1: it's like the bulldog eye. anyways move on um because unfortunately we had to um put our dog down um due to bladder cancer complications that came on very fast but um
0: yeah well it came on really slowly and then really fast
1: <laughs> yeah we knew it obviously existed but the end was not expected until post christmas and then it happened within 24 hours so yeah that sucked it still sucks um but the blessing in disguise is that we now have the opportunity to, to foster Vanilla and give him a nice, comfortable home to uh, stay in while his ears fix themselves Yeah, because he's a wonder dog. He's a super dog.
0: He's really sweet. He is we were never dog. able to have other dogs because Ruben was dog aggressive. Yeah. Well, he was, he was moody. We could never trust him around it's other dogs. Dog frustrated. Dog frustrated. <laughs> like sometimes he was okay, sometimes he wasn't. So I didn't obviously want to risk another dog's life. Um, because Ruben he was a strong dog. So yeah. But anyways, um, so now we're able to help other doggies. Now that Ruben's not the around. hilarious
1: thing is this, right? Is we have fostered one other dog for maybe what two weeks?
0: Mm, three.
1: The um the shelter called her Ethel. She was old as fuck. She was
0: a Pomeranian and she was yeah. blind. She
1: was blind, proper blind, right?
0: Yeah. Vanilla's and deaf. Vanilla's by the way. deaf. <laughs> so we uh, we have a, we have a tie. Well, my type is just vulnerable, like old, disabled. I think uh, the reason that I, because I volunteered at the shelter for like four years now and I know what dogs people choose. It's small, cute, young dogs. And the ones that get forgotten are the ones with three legs or that are big or that are old or that are black. Racism exists in animals too, Dean. It's quite weird. Um, So that's why I'll never have... Young dog that's perfectly able.
1: Yeah, no, he's yeah. he's got he's almost got the triple whammy. Well, there's, he's... there's a quadruple whammy, and he's got the triple mm-hmm. in that he's old, he's large, and he's deaf. Mm-hmm. If he was black,
0: he'd have more. Game over. And if he was gay,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, all dogs have a little bit of gay. Then.
0: Look, I've been humped by plenty of female dogs.
1: In that's what dog. I mean, still got it, Dean. Just a pinky's worth of gay. <laughs> For people that are at home, I'm, I'm definitely got a limp pinky. It's just a pinky's worth of pain in all those. It's funny.
0: Well, look at me not crying. <laughs> yeah, well done. Thank you.
1: It may be because I'm stabbing you with a pen underneath the table, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm,
0: there's been a few tears. Yeah, shit was, was rough. Well, um, I think we—it was rough, but I, I think like I'm about to cry, so we're going to move
1: on. Well, hey, we have another update too. Yeah. In light of that, also, Liz and I and I are now planning towards our move, which we may have spoken about on this.
0: Podcast, I think we've mentioned that when Reuben passes away, we're moving. We're leaving Australia.
1: We're going to live abroad indefinitely until we're bored of abroad.
0: Mm-hmm. Bored of abroad.
1: Look, I'm, again, I've been watching Harry Mack. People listening know that <laughs> I'm a, I'm a rap superstar because <laughs> I watch Harry Harry Mack. Um. And that's probably going to kick off in January.
0: Or December 28th. Possibly. (laughs) Which
1: also then adds to the fact that um, I now will definitely be competing in the UK. Yeah.
0: Can you pause quickly? Thank you.
1: Now, people would have heard Liz say, can you pause us? Because Vanilla was, as she said, terrorising the neighbourhood and barking. So we just (laughs) had to quickly go sort that out because we live in a complex.
0: If anyone's on YouTube, Vanilla's just here. Oh, he's very. I can't pick him up. He's very heavy. But this is him.
1: <laughs> hey this <buddy>. is Vanilla.
0: <laughs> Kisses. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Anyways, move on. Go back to sleep, Vanilla. <laughs>
1: um,
0: you were talking about your UK. Concept. Yeah.
1: So saying now, we, we'll be moving to the UK momentarily for at least three months. I think it might be four months in the UK. Um, and I'll be competing there at what they call the Two Bros events. Hmm. Uh, IFBB uh, in March, April. It's, exciting. it's just super cool to, to go hang out with the physique collective
0: group. Yeah. So Dean's coach lives in the UK, and that's the group you're talking about. No, Jeffrey. <laughs> Calm uh, Inside joke. Don't tell inside jokes on podcasts because no one <laughs> gets them but us. Um, yes. Yeah, so you will start dieting in four weeks. So your entire trip up until the end of your comp will be dieting so mm. i will have no one to try new restaurants with
1: except for dominic hugh
0: oh my bestie lives in london so that'll yeah. be fun um but look it's not hard for me to make new friends so i'm going no um and it'll be fine
1: it's true you'll definitely make friends with no <laughs> issue. Yeah. yeah that's wonderful that is one of the advantages of you versus me is that you will uh you know flap thy wings And go and meet people, whereas I'll just sort of just chill. I don't need you, Dean. I only need myself. (laughs) How self-absorbed is that? I
0: think okay, you're. I would classify you (laughs) as introverted. I would definitely classify me as extroverted, and I think it has its pros and cons because I can walk into a party where I know no one, and like it's so easy for me to like start conversations, and like I don't dislike that. But working online and we're going to be moving to a new country or at least a new city in a country every three months is the plan. Um, And because I really need that social interaction, it's kind of hard for me when I I don't get it and online just doesn't hit the spot, whereas for you, you're perfectly content Kind of not that I don't like alone time, I do, and I like my own company as well. I just really enjoy socializing. So it has its pros and cons. Like I can make friends easily, but it's hard when you travel and you're always starting again. Mm, That's right. Such so. is life, eh? Hey? Indeed. Hmm. Yeah. Personal update complete.
1: That's the big update. That was actually a decent update. So what's going on in our life? Fair bit. Fair bit. Fair bit.
0: My best friend died and we're leaving Australia.
1: If anyone wants to rent our house, let us know.
0: Yes, we are renting out our house. <laughs> um mermaid beach gold coast so on today's topic we are talking about macro tracking mistakes reason being most people well I imagine our audience uh has tried it in the past or is currently doing it and people think oh you know it's pretty simple it's pretty easy and it kind of is if you understand the flaws and the solutions to those flaws but a lot of people don't and they begin macro tracking not understanding what the flaws are, thinking like, oh, my results are slow or this isn't working. But really, there's a lot of inaccuracies that can bite you in the butt. Mm. Um, so now just for the couple of people that might be unsure of what macro tracking is, let's give like a really quick
1: update. Mm. Especially yeah. you were just saying they're unconsciously incompetent.
0: Unconsciously incompetent. People don't know they're doing it wrong.
1: Yeah, um, which leads to the opportunity to make a lot of unknown mistakes. And could potentially, you know, inhibit your ability to make the results, not make the results, get the results (laughs) that you're looking for because you have no idea that you're making all of these mistakes. Well,
0: that's the worst uh, type of incompetence, being unconscious about it, because then you don't know what to fix, Mm
1: -hmm. you know. Yeah, what is macro tracking?
0: Okay, so macro tracking. We've got calories and we know that body weight is determined by energy balance, calories coming in versus calories coming out macronutrients are the composition of those calories and the three main ones being protein, carbs, and fats. So if somebody's counting calories, that's pretty simple. And macro tracking is just one step further. We're distributing those calories into the three main macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats. Um, And by extension of that, we're keeping a calorie controlled diet, but we're also keeping a macronutrient controlled diet. Um, Which could have
1: some advantages and disadvantages, which... This podcast is not for,
0: but... No, not... Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about some other things today when it comes to macro tracking. So that's what macro tracking is, um, essentially.
1: Just breaking down calorie counting into a little bit more uh, specific, I suppose, intakes. Yeah. In regards to what food types and groups that you would pull from in order to hit these specific macro targets.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Now... How do they do it? How do they do it? Well you can get a, a digital food diary app is the most common and easiest way to do it. And whenever you eat something, you record that food in a diary and that food diary, maybe my fitness pal, Calorie King, a so chronometer or something like that will tally your total intake for that meal. And then for the day so that you're eating is the goal, eating in accordance with your daily targets. Mm-hmm. So that's how people do it. Um, and Flex Success released a macro track tracking mini course, which is a string of 16 short videos to teach people how to track properly. And because we like to keep these podcasts to under an hour, there's not enough time to go into everything, all 16 lessons. But I thought we would pull just from three of the lessons. Well, Dean and I yeah. thought we would do that. Um, and we're going to make people consciously competent. I'm going to we're going to make you consciously competent, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just know that there's a lot more to know than these three things we're talking about today. See the macro tracking mini course. So the first thing we wanted to talk about is should you weigh your food at raw weight or cooked weight? So if I'm eating hundred grams of chicken, it weigh hundred grams of chicken at raw weight, doesn't weigh hundred grams after it's been cooked. So, mm. so what should we do? Do you want to go into this one? Or just throw
1: I? your hands up and just hope for the best. Just- no we we are we typically break foods down into like two groups here right foods that will absorb fluids or water i would assume most moisture moisture moist 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 Uh Um, or foods that lose moisture Mm -hmm. um examples of these would be like say well can i
0: just use the example from macro tracking mini course yeah um, well, it's rice and
1: sweet potato, so go, go on. That's what I was going to use. The- oh, They're always the doing- common ones. I- Usually like a starchy potato and rice. Okay. Yeah, so rice would obviously be a moisture-absorbing food in that when you cook it, it retains more fluid than what it started with. Mm-hmm. And then potato, let's say, assuming you're baking it for the most part, then it's going to lose moisture. There's mm-hmm. a large quantity of the, the 100 grams of raw potato that you have weighed out potentially on the scale, whether or not you go cooked or raw, mm-hmm. uh, will be lost in the cooking process.
0: Yeah. So if I have 200 grams of sweet potato at raw weight and I put it in the oven, it's probably going to come out of the oven at what, like
1: 130? It depends if you're a good cook or not.
0: I like to cook the shit out of my <laughs> food. So <laughs> probably it can lose up to 50%, right? So if I'm eating 200 grams of sweet potato um let, Let's say I I weigh it after it's come out of the oven and it weighs 100 grams because it's lost 50%. I don't want to then in my fitness pal or whatever food diary app I'm using just enter in that I'm eating 100 grams of sweet potato at raw weight because really I'm eating double that. I'm eating double the calories, double the macros.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So like your cooking method is also going to have a large impact on potentially how much it weighs at the end of it
0: yeah like if I steamed the 200 grams of sweet potato it's going to weigh about 200 grams after so yes cooking mm-hmm. method
1: and rare versus medium rare versus killed the fuck out of his steak yep also <laughs> going to have a little bit of an impact Jeffrey steak uh, Dean's dad eats his steak like proper solid uh, mm. even sous vide wasn't he wasn't oh,
0: can you give rice as an example Dean
1: Yeah, so rice is going to be highly dependent on how much water you even put in with it too. Mm -hmm. Like if you cook at a one-to-one ratio, like water to to raw weight rice or a two-to-one or a three-to-one or whatever it may be, how much that food weighs after the cooking process is complete is largely determined by the amount of water that you put in and the method you choose to cook it. Mm. Now, if we were to take 100 grams of rice, it still has the same... 80 carbs? Yeah, 80 carbs, 9 grams of protein. About zero fat. Okay. Um, If you were to take that and you know that that's what the macronutrients are when it's raw, obviously you can't eat it raw. But when you then cook it, depending on those methods and the water and all the rest of it, the macronutrients are not going to change the total amount of food you've cooked. Yeah. But they will change relative for the 100 grams of cooked food.
0: Mm. So if you put 100 grams of rice at raw weight into a rice cooker, it's going to come out at what?
1: 230, 250.
0: Yeah. Potentially
1: 300 though.
0: Depending. Yeah. So um, in the macro tracking mini course, we talk about which is better. It's obviously from what we're saying, more accurate to weigh your food at raw weight and log it in your food diary at raw weight. It doesn't matter what it weighs after because you you weighed it yeah. raw, um, but it can be a huge pain in the ass, especially if you do something called batch cooking, which is what I like to do. You cook a big batch of rice or a big batch of chicken in the oven or whatever, and I'm just pulling from it um, throughout the week.
1: Yeah, so what we can essentially say is that all raw food or raw weight food across the globe, mm-hmm. the universe, the entire Milky Way, yes, you know, are essentially the same macronutrients per 100 grams in their untouched, uncooked, unadulterated state. Mm-hmm. So that is the most accurate way to measure something. Mm-hmm. But then depending on how you cook, it will depend on what that then works out to be in the after cooking process.
0: Yeah, I even though it's not as accurate, I weigh my food after it's been cooked because I like to batch cook and just pull from a big container throughout the week, knowing that it's not perfectly accurate, but accurate enough um, because I mean by
1: accurate enough, yeah.
0: accurate enough, meaning I'm going to be within a few calories
1: and for your goal
0: like a yeah. weight
1: maintenance or weight gain or
0: yeah, like I, I'm not a few weeks out of a competition where I have a really extreme precise goal. Um and if I'm doing the method that's absolutely optimal, that's the most accurate, for me it's too much of a pain in the ass. I probably just wouldn't do it for long. So I'm better off for me personally doing something that's good enough, but that is sustainable.
1: Mm. Yeah. So as the level of precision required goes up in your goal or the intensity of your goal. Yeah, sure. Yeah, then potentially, well, not potentially. I would argue in a contest prep, the precision of your tracking also needs to go up mm-hmm. because your margin for error will come down with the intensity of that goal or precision of that goal. Yeah. So you can't afford to maybe, and like a starchy food like a rice, for example, like I mentioned before, it could be 230 to 300 grams cooked. Somebody goes in and measures their their rice cooked. We could be talking about a mistake of 10 to 15 grams of carbs for every 100 grams. Yeah. Uh, they have 500 grams of that per day they're significantly out there. Mm. Um, whereas if it's just one meal, like, again, like not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it depends on, yeah. The, the pre- food
0: you're cooking, how you cook it. Mm. Yeah.
1: Now you could argue that if you use the same cooking method every time.
0: You're off by the same margin.
1: You're off by the same margin, but also like you're always, yeah, measuring it at a similar amount always. It doesn't yeah. matter. Um, so like, you know, if you use a rice cooker, it's consistent. You use the same amount of water it's consistent mm. you know if you cook your steaks to a same the same amount of doneness it's consistent so like some cooked macros will be better the one thing i would say is probably fairly erroneous though mm. would be starchy potatoes in the oven that one from a cook perspective is vastly different all the time mm. unless you are like chopping the potato in the same size cooking it at the same temperature for the exact same amount of time like
0: Same salt. Yeah, like all that
1: stuff. But again, this is the precision question.
0: Yeah. um, So the point here, because we we don't want to just tell you guys what the problems are and freak you out. We also want to give you the solutions to the three things that we're talking about. So what you want to do here, if you decide that it's either better for your goals or you just would prefer to weigh your food raw, put in, use the information for the raw weight. Whereas if you are um, weighing your food after it's been cooked, particularly for things that absorb a lot of moisture or lose a lot of moisture because it changes a lot, use the nutrition information for the cooked weight of that food. That is the solution here. Um, And it's kind of a different topic, but how you actually go ahead and find the correct information is one of the video lessons in the macro tracking mini course. But anyways, that is the solution to the cooked versus raw. Sometimes, often, I find people don't know that Uh, they should be weighing them in one or the other or that food changes all that much. And so they might have been weighing their rice at cooked weight, which is what like 35 grams of carbs per 100 grams and using the raw weight for rice, for example, which is like 80. Mm. So they're eating very differently to what they're actually tracking. They could be totally undercutting or totally overdoing Mm -hmm. their targets.
1: What about for somebody who has been given a nutrition plan with a raw weight chicken breast allotment
0: they should eat raw chicken <laughs> no then uh, you should if it says 100 Japan. grams of chicken raw that just means that amount at raw weight go ahead and cook it and who gives a uh-huh. shit what it weighs up but what if they want
1: to cook for the week it's pretty simple okay. weigh out the whole batch in raw
0: if it's 700 grams over the week because it's seven yeah. meals at 100 grams
1: cook that shit divide the batch by seven
0: yeah, so if it weighs, if it weighs five hundred grams after, five hundred grams divided by seven will tell you how much you put in per meal. Mm. Yes,
1: yeah. actually, pretty simple. Pretty simple. Yeah, where it gets technical and we won't get into this here is when you want to batch cook chicken and be super precise, so weighing it raw, and then you want to know what the relative one hundred gram raw. No, nah. you know, like that gets just like way too technical, and it's just not worth the time.
0: No, it's not. Uh, 2 plus 2 is 4 minus 1 is 3, quick math.
1: It's quick math.
0: Sorry. If anybody is familiar with uh, Man's Not Hot, you will recognize <laughs> this line from that song.
1: Um, Hilarious. So, yeah, raw is most accurate, but not necessary for the majority of people. Too
0: much of a pain in the ass for me. Mm. I go cooked. Okay, so the next one we wanted to talk about, which I believe is video lesson number eight, um, if anyone wants yeah. to refresh this topic in the Macro Tracking Mini course, is when when we... Okay. When we set ourselves targets, usually we start with how many calories should we eat? Because energy balance. balance. And then we go ahead and distribute those calories into macronutrients, protein, carbs, and fats. So we know that if we eat to those macros, our calories should be exactly what our target is, right? Well, they have to be. They have to be. Um, But when people go ahead and start logging their food in MyFitnessPal, assuming they're using the right nutrition information for each food... Um, the calories can show that it's over by I don't know fifty calories, one hundred calories, something like that. Um, probably not one hundred calories. But they're like, yeah, what the counts. hell? How is it that I my target is two thousand calories and I've eaten exactly to the macros that should equal two thousand calories? I'm using the right information, but my Fitness Pal is telling me it's two thousand and seventy calories. Like, what is going on? So, why can calories be over in your food diary but macronutrients are not?
1: Do you want you're to... posing the question to me. Mainly, yes. we're going to blame fiber. Okay. For the most part. We can also blame incorrect entries. But you said, assuming they've got the right information.
0: Assuming they've got the right so information. So
1: we're, we're typically going to be blaming fiber here. And that is in that depending on if you're how you're logging your food, you may or may not be accounting for fiber within your calorie allotment. Mm. We personally don't because the calorie amount per gram of fiber is so small. between one and two
0: but it also assuming you have a sensible diet and your fruit and vegetable intake stays pretty consistent regardless of if your calories go up or down your fiber should always stay within depending on how much you weigh if you have any ill gut issues 20 to 40 grams yeah so the calories that you're if you're taking 300 calories out of your diet your fiber should still be twenty to forty grams. If you're adding three hundred calories into your diet, your fiber should still be twenty to forty grams. So there's still the relative change in calories, regardless of fiber.
1: Yeah, and even if you doubled your fiber and went to eighty, we're still talking about it insignificant. You amount shouldn't, of calories. but yeah. <laughs> and um, just as a clarification, we're not saying you should also stay between twenty and forty as an absolute. Oh, rule. that was an it average. It was just an arbitrary example. Yeah, yeah, just an average. Um, but fiber is typically going to be the one that's at fault. If you're using certain countries' information data, they're going to include fiber within carbohydrates and give a different calorie allotment. If you're using Australian data, it will also be different. Mm. Um, but that is why.
0: Yeah, just just to quickly summarize it, just in case there's any confusion, when calories are over in my fitness palette, it's because you've eaten to your macro targets, and it's also accounting for some calories from fiber mm-hmm. as well which you didn't originally account for when you distributed your calories into macros yeah but it's not a problem the calories aren't large they the calories from fiber stay consistent
1: mm. so if, if energy balance is the primary determinant for weight management mm-hmm. should they eat to the calories in my fitness path or to their macros
0: depends if you're counting calories or just macros
1: Well, by counting macros, we're counting calories. It's true. Uh, You should hit your macros. Don't worry about the calories in my fitness file. You know, even even to the point that if, for example, you're just tracking protein and calories, then...
0: Which is totally fine. That's all I do. Then
1: that you're probably going to be like, so long as you're within 50 calories in target, you're going to be fine. Mm. If you're tracking specifically protein, carbs and fat. Um, if you say over eight on carbohydrates by 10, then just take half off of fats, half that amount, so five grams.
0: Reason being for every gram of carbohydrates, there's four calories. For every gram of fats, there's nine calories, right? So there's about double the calories for yeah. every gram of fat.
1: So yeah. If- vice versa too. If you ate over in five grams of fat, take off 10 grams of carbs. Yeah. But just look at your absolute macros and take it off there. Don't don't worry about the calories in my fitness fat because like Liz said, it's potentially accounting for fiber.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's not worthwhile. Because calories and protein are the most important thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, I have had people say to me, well, isn't the solution? Particular food databases that give you correct information for the macronutrients of food will give you the calories of that food, including fiber and excluding fiber. So when we go ahead and enter that information into your food diary, you know, isn't the solution that we go ahead and just write the calories in excluding fiber, therefore, I can look at the calorie total, the calories will match my macros. Only if you're always eating whole foods, because if you're eating, I don't know, oats, muesli bars, what else?
1: Oh, yeah, lots Drive. of grains and anything like that. Yeah. Cereals. Yeah.
0: Breads. The the total calories or even kilojoules, just divide by 4.2 to get calories. The total, call it energy, the total yeah. energy on a nutrition panel does include the calories from fiber. So you can go ahead and use all the information you want that excludes fiber. But if you're eating like oats and bread or whatever else, you you can't get around it.
1: Yeah. Unless you specifically knew the type of fiber.
0: And then how many and then the calories calorie gram. Yeah.
1: It would be an absolute shit fight to figure it out. And it would achieve you a sweet fuck all in yes. regards to how it would impact your, your physique.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's two video lessons in the macro tracking mini course called how to track faster and easier. Well, I didn't call it an easier, but also yeah. an easier because I know that if something is too much of a pain in the ass, we probably are not going to do it for too long. And accounting well i would call it micromanaging if we're worrying about you know every little calorie and every gram of fiber like good luck sticking to that long term so just sure mm. fuck out let's put it
1: this way i'm pretty fucking anal in regards to counting things yes we're going to talk about this lesson next lesson 13 what to count what, what not what to, to be count. anal about i have in the past required uh liz to required for another request requested liz to count parsley within a salad
0: he wanted me to weigh his goddamn herbs.
1: It was 10 grams, which worked out to be 0.2 grams of carbs.
0: How many calories is that? Not
1: even one. It's 0.8 of a calorie, <laughs> right? Um,
0: I want that minute of my life back. Why did I, why did I weigh it? Now, that?
1: that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. But I personally, even that stupidly... I said stupid because it's not stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. I right? uh, said so do that is uh, I don't worry about fiber even in the context. My fiber shifts 10, 15 grams because I've changed some of my food sources. I give zero fucks. It is not impacting my physique. And that is in the most precise required scenario possible. Yeah. So don't worry about fiber, guys. And- worry about it because it's good for you. Don't worry about it from a tracking perspective in regards to the calories. And, and like we said at the very beginning, if you've worked at your macronutrient targets based on a calorie allotment already, you are counting calories. You're just doing it in a specific nature whereby you're, Accounting for it in protein carbs and fat types.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if anybody wants to know exactly how much they're eating, like, well, I do want to account for fiber, I do want to weigh my parsley. Don't forget that it's energy balance. It's not just about energy coming in, it's also about energy burnt. And we can never know exactly how much energy we burn. We can't ca- even how much is going in because there's some some well yeah, margins it, of
1: error there on, on packet food too.
0: There is margins of error on packet food, but let's also not forget that when You know, even trustworthy nutrition databases put up the nutrition of banana, for example, they're getting three banana samples from different states of Australia, testing it in a lab and giving you the average over the three bananas. So like the banana that you particularly ate wouldn't have exactly the same macros and calories per 100 grams as the database it's still just an average so we can never really know exactly how much we're eating we can only give our best estimates yeah we can never know exactly how much we're burning we can only ever just track our best estimates through pal uh, or or your formal activity and and neat and we capture that in in steps
1: Mm.
0: so just do the best you can and don't be so anal
1: yeah we work within a range as humans so don't try and be too specific because you think that you're controlling something extremely accurately, but in reality, you're probably not. It's just the perception that you are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what do we want not to be anal about?
1: Definitely count parcel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, you should you should definitely be anal about things that come with a high energy density per gram of food. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe not anal. You should be accurate. Let's, let's not say anal too many times. On this podcast we might get shut down this is um, not a
0: podcast about
1: anal <laughs> um yeah so anything that has a high energy density mm-hmm. so two good examples might be that on opposite end of the scale here one might be oil extremely energy dense almost like accounted for every gram has a shit ton of calories uh and then uh, an alternative that would be like yeah, cucumber. cucumber or i was going to say lettuce
0: Whatever.
1: you know if you're going to estimate the, the serving size, I should say, without using a scale of oil and you're out by a small margin in grams, you'll be out by a large margin in calories and you can go extra on this in a second. Uh, whereas if you're doing it with lettuce, even if you're out by double the weight, the significance of calories is insignificant.
0: So yeah, if you wanted to save time tracking macros, you would only want to weigh the things that are quite energy dense. So if think like any spreads,
1: And when we say save time, we're talking about actually weighing, right?
0: Yeah. So, like, if I have, like, a big salad in front of me and there's 15 different ingredients, weighing every single ingredient, Mm. entering each one into my phone is time-consuming. So instead I might just want to, like, chop up a bunch of veg and be like, yeah, it was about 100 grams of cucumber and about 100 grams of tomato, whatever that will do. And then I would want to weigh the dressing, maybe the meat, There's like olives, anything that's quite energy dense. We want to be anal precise about that. Now, just pulling up the video lesson from this macro tracking mini course for what to and what not to be anal about. I've just given some examples here. So if I do estimate my cucumber to be 100 grams, that is 12 calories. If I actually put in 150 grams because it is an estimation, That'll be 18 calories. So I'm off by six calories, Mm -hmm. quick math. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: But if I, you know, a little bit of olive oil, I'm like, yeah, that was about five grams, 36 calories. But, you know, it's quite easy. What 10 mil of oil is so small. If Well, the
1: difference between five and 10 is also even smaller. Yeah. You know, that's the problem is that your guesstimation could be miles off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So if I accident, if I actually pour in 15 milks, I'm like, yeah, it looks like about five. That's 108 calories, right? So I'm off by, I don't know, quick math here, doing 70 calories there, right? So that's only 70 calories for that one thing. What about for the avocado or the olives or the other energy dense things inside my salads? And that's just one meal. What about dinner as well? So we want to think about foods on the energy density scale, how many calories per 100 grams and things that are on the higher end of the energy density scale. We want to be more precise with them. We do want to weigh them. Mm. we do want to account for them. Whereas if I forget or well, on purpose, I can just like chuck some parsley in there. I'm not even going to track it in my fitness pal. I'm going to squeeze lemon juice over, maybe salt and pepper. I'm not even going to track these things. I'll drink a Coke zero with it, whatever. Because yeah,
1: please don't track sugar-free software, <laughs> <you eat> MFP. Or <laughs> well,
0: even diet jelly, like what is it? Like one protein. Mm. It's just not worth your time because over the course of the day, there might be 10 items that have one calorie in them. Like, and mm. It's, it's not worth your time we want to make this as easy as possible so that it's I'm not going to say enjoyable a lesser of a pain in the ass less uh, yeah, less resistance I suppose. yeah so that it's something that we can be consistent with mm. because being consistent with something is better than being absolutely accurate for a really short amount of time and then nothing at all
1: yes mm. and is this thing they shouldn't track salads it
0: well I have a video lesson about that too Dean oh well. Wow. um It depends if you are being coached by somebody that wants to keep an eye on your vegetable intake or you want to go back through your food diary and see, have I been eating enough vegetables? You do want to be tracking those things. Um, But if it's not really a problem for you, you might just want to shoot 40, 50 calories under for the day and knowing that fruit and just, sorry, your vegetables account for that.
1: Mm. Yeah, but I think also people can get caught in that... um...
0: Oh, you also want to track your fiber too, right? Because we want to be making sure we're eating enough fiber. Mm. And we know that fiber comes from plant foods. So if you're not tracking your veggies, it always looks like you're under and you can't really manage what you don't measure. So I think you should. But if you're really struggling um, to stick with macro counting because it's really time consuming, that might be one thing that you want to not do
1: well yeah you can at least be uh you can guesstimate weight for these sorts of things Mm. but then if we're out I'm right I just had a salad I don't really need to track that it was just a bit of chicken and lettuce and all the rest of it how often is that actually the case
0: well um I had a look at the calories for sumo salads because this is something that I hear people say this is an argument oh I didn't track it because it was healthy food okay you you wouldn't just eat a Big Mac and forget about it would you 550 calories right It was a broccoli pesto salad from Sumo Salad. Um, They have three sizes, the regular one, the medium size, uh, 890 calories, right? And that's the type of thing that people will go, oh, it was a healthy food. I I just didn't track it. It was just just a salad. It was fucking half my daily intake. Are you kidding me? In one meal that you forgot about, but you wouldn't forget about the 550 calorie Big Mac. So we don't want to be not being anal about or forgetting about foods because you group them as healthy or good or whatever which we shouldn't be thinking about food like that anyways but um that's not something we want to do
1: no you can quickly come undone Mm. by assuming that a quote-unquote healthy rabbit is healthy food uh is low calories to the point that you don't have to worry about tracking it Mm. i mean we even hear that kind of rhetoric a lot like oh i went you know, for a picnic with the girls, or the guys. I don't, don't know how many guys go for a picnic. I, don't I was they're... worried about stereotyping, but let's be honest, no guy saying I'm going for a picnic with the boys. <laughs> fucking, fucking barbecue is what we do. You know? Barbecue. Um, over coal and fire, <laughs> like men. Um, is, you know, oh, but it was great. We just took like really clean food, mm. you know, nuts and seeds and dips but it was it was homemade organic hummus oh my
0: god stop
1: you know all I of these the things you know, mm. <laughs> all of these things are quickly forgotten about as calorie dense foods and mm-hmm. they're the things we absolutely should be weighing. dried
0: fruit so like even we, we do picnics yeah
1: and if i'm being uh conscious of my food intake, take time because of prep or all the rest of it we will mm-hmm. go and say like portion out my olives we'll portion out my dip
0: yeah we'll, we'll portion in. out
1: my cheese mm-hmm. my ham but then there'll be a container of Vegetable carrots, sticks. capsicum and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And those we don't
0: like. And strawberries sometimes.
1: Strawberries yeah. uh, strawberries are great too because they usually come in a packet that's 250 grams. So you kind have- of guesstimate. And like Liz was talking about before, even if I'm out by 100 grams, I'm talking about being out by four grams carbs. It's fuck all. Yeah. Um, so like you, you need to pick and choose to make this lower resistance so that it's still enjoyable and not too time consuming, mm. but not so flippant about it that you can quickly become undone by consuming it calorie dense foods that you otherwise think are healthy
0: yep
1: well they might be both they can be calorie dense and healthy
0: yeah like salmon Mm. or they can be low in calories and low in nutrients like coke zero yeah yeah Yeah. or they can be high in nutrients and low in calories like cucumber yeah like groups sorry food flip between the groups it's not like they have to be both or neither Mm. yeah yeah it's good yeah
1: and you said this is one one of 16
0: uh, Sorry, three so we've, we've just three gone through three topics within 16 topics. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: How so, do we become consciously competent?
0: How do we, by understanding what the problems are and then implementing the easy solutions. Dean?
1: I've got a question for you. What's worse, being unconsciously incompetent
0: mm-hmm. or... Consciously.
1: Incompetent. No, unconsciously, unconsciously incontinent. <laughs>
0: How would you not know that you're peeing yourself?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've said confident and incompetent, I'm like, I'm getting close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but is it that Martin said that he had a verbal slip up on
1: again? Oh. I can't. It was, Ma- it was if clever. anyone listened to
0: the Martin McDonald podcast episode, it was. Ollie
1: re it too.
0: I don't remember, but it was funny.
1: We thought it was going to go one way, but it went the other way.
0: Oh, I remember I had a client. Um Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm tapping and it's going to get into the mic. He was talking about fracking, mm. right? And okay, no, just before he was talking about fracking, um, I went, <laughs> he was doing a shoulder press and the bench that we used had the little pin where you adjust the height of the bench, sort of like in the middle of the bar. Anyways, I was standing behind his bench and I was sort of like hands close to his elbows, whatever. And I went to kind of like squat down to, and and I fell straight onto the pin on my family jewels and really hurt myself. Mm. And there was just a lot of like accidental sexual stuff in that session. And then he was talking about fracking and I said something about fapping. It was just all really embarrassing, Dean. And I'm now reliving it.
1: Huh. Yeah. As you held it too. Must have hurt. Fuck.
0: You've really got to smash the girl parts to hurt it.
1: I love how you called them jewels. Kind of a diamond, diamond in the rough. Cheeseburger. Oh <laughs> come on, now. Five hundred and fifty calories.
0: Do you, do you count it? If anything, MFD? it's more. Of
1: a cheeseburger, pastrami sandwich. Depends. Oh my god. You know,
0: <laughs> when Dean and I were just dating, we um. Do you remember we went back and forth in a text war with all the filthy yeah. names that you call female genitals? Did you Google them? I think towards the end, when I was running out of it, I did. Oh,
1: actually, I remember we. We're coming back and forth with quite a few of them and then eventually you and I, or you or I, I'm not sure, just screenshot all of the filthy like, <laughs> list off the internet and this was like game over. <laughs>
0: oh man, there's so many, ugh, so yeah. many gross ones. Anyways, how did we get here?
1: I don't know. Um, it was me asking whether it's worse to be incontinent or incompetent. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I hope you guys learned something today.
1: No, actually, the, what it was, this yes. is 3 of 16. Mm -hmm. Talking about that.
0: Right. Okay. So, if anybody has been tracking for a while, you may not be aware of some of the mistakes that you're making. And it doesn't make you silly, just makes you human because we don't know until we know, right? If you're thinking about starting to track your macros, I also highly recommend the mini course because you'll be off to a good start right from the beginning um, and you won't be in any bad habits you'll know how to navigate your food diary properly do it simply do it with accuracy you get better results
1: yeah where to get the most appropriate information and accurate information from
0: mm. how, to, how really to track to... when you eat out is yeah. a huge one alcohol we'll cover that as, yeah alcohol it's all there mm. so you can find it from i think that
1: i'm pretty sure we're Me- gonna put it in the show notes
0: put it in the. Show i mean notes. if we want
1: to do this somewhat professionally we'll put it in the show notes
0: or you can check the link in bio on Instagram yep. or the courses and membership section of the website. Anyways, show notes. Mm. Something we're sharing, Dean, let's wrap it up. Do you have something?
1: Oh, no. I do. Productivity tip.
0: Yes. So I have been really down about Ruben passing away and I have not felt particularly productive. Um, and I'm usually quite a productive person and I always have to-do lists And I think the only thing that saved me from laying in bed all day is having a list, you know, not the biggest list. I can find out everything that could be done, but I'm just writing down the most important things that have to be done today um, that, you know, so they don't turn into emergencies later. So my clients feel taken care of, all of those things. Um, And so my tip, my something worth sharing is that if you're feeling particularly unproductive, Write a short list of things that have to be done, not little things, um, and just make sure you do them. And if you need to take a break, take a break, but just don't go too far. Don't, don't take a break for the whole day. Get something done. Maybe get a couple of tasks done before you allow yourself some time off before you get to the next task.
1: That's yeah, I'll, I'll bunny hop that tip. Go on. And say that walking, working short bursts, is, is definitely uh, advantageous for me. So like I might choose a certain number of clients for check-ins and then set yourself a novel task or break that you enjoy, but go into it with a uh, predetermined time frame.
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it's super easy just to let that time extend further. So further it wouldn't further be, further. I'm
0: going to watch TV. It's going to be, I'm going to watch one episode of Friends.
1: Yeah. So like okay. me, it might be like, I'm going to prep my lunch and then I'm going to watch 15 minutes worth of this video uh-huh. while I eat it. And then I immediately turn it off for 15 minutes. Otherwise, it's super easy just to keep back watching.
0: Mm. I don't know how you go from working on a computer to taking breaks on a screen. I would go, my eyes go square. I personally like to change it up. If I'm working on a screen, I like to take my breaks at the gym or going for a walk or doing the groceries with a good podcast or something like that.
1: That is also why I walk to the gym Mm. and listen to something. Hashtag neat. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. Would you rather? For anybody that follows my personal sorry, Instagram, what?
1: being incontinent
0: or incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> I think 100% of people are not going to go with.
1: All right. Cont- Would you rather be consciously incontinent or consciously incompetent then?
0: Oh, consciously incontinent. Because if I know that I pee myself, I could be prepared with like pads. It's
1: similar with your incompetence. You know you're incompetent, but you, you know, like it sucks. This is like the question of like, would you if, rather, can be, I do something would you rather be ugly but think you're hot
0: or be hot but think you're
1: ugly? <laughs> yeah?
0: I definitely rather be ugly but think I'm hot. It doesn't matter what you are, it matters what you think you are. I think. like, I do think that the world treats beautiful people better. Um, it's human nature and it's fucking horrible. But. Uh,
1: unless you're hot. It's not horrible then. Is no, it? because if,
0: if you think you're ugly and you. you
1: no, but you're t- saying it's horrible that we treat people that way. I'm saying unless you're hot
0: oh right okay (laughs) unless unless you reap the benefits right unless you win the genetic lottery for sure um anyways sorry i'm a bit lost what were are talking about
1: incontinence versus incompetence Uh,
0: yeah i'd rather be well, well can i do anything about my incompetence no okay then i'd rather be consciously incontinent yeah and just be prepared with pads
1: you'd rather be super competent but piss yourself yes how confident could you be if you're constantly just wetting
0: yourself? Working a bathtub, <laughs> <laughs> just going to the office, babe. If you need the bathroom, let me know. Oh, how that's frequent, what I'm doing.
1: How frequent is too frequent to pee yourself a day for it to be tolerable? Two? By the way, we're not making fun of people that are incontinent. Yeah, you
0: know, it happens you know. to you know.
1: But it serves you right for having a baby. <laughs> Should we edit uh, that out? No, no. we. All, everyone knows I'm. Like, I'm just joking. <laughs> <But are you laughs> I'm
0: kidding, <yoking>. not kidding.
1: <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> all right.
0: Um, if you found value in this podcast, please like. No, we got to actually
1: ask you a proper. Would you
0: rather? What? No, I... <laughs> No, let's go. I'll derail. Okay, I'm okay, okay. Would you rather spill a quarter of every hot drink that you consume on you mm-hmm. every time you consume a hot drink? A quarter of it goes on you. Or never drink chilled or iced drinks ever again. It's room temperature or above.
1: So before this podcast, I said I'd just drink the room temperature once.
0: Yes, you did say that.
1: But I think I found a loophole. What? What if I just make all of my hot beverages 100 minutes? that I'm only putting 25 mil on here. That's nothing.
0: But then you can only drink 75 mil.
1: Yeah, still nice.
0: That's nothing. I'd enjoy 75 like mil. Two, two shots.
1: I mean, it's 25 mil. It's like a tablespoon.
0: If that's what you want to do, Dave. Not a very
1: accurate way to, to measure mine. I tablespoon of liquid. But hey, we'll save that one for another
0: time. <laughs> Always measuring grams.
1: Yeah. Um, oh. No, no I'm didn't. still going
0: room 10. I don't know. have still hot beverages on myself.
1: I'd rather enjoy my deliciously, not too hot, but appropriately temper- temperature coffee. Um... And drink room temperature
0: fluids. How disgusting is room temperature soft drink. Can I just say this guy doesn't hate it? Who the fuck is okay with room temperature Pepsi? Yeah, snacks? but you
1: ice iced water. Yeah, so I like
0: my beverages cold. What can I say?
1: Like <laughs> in the snow. You don't have to worry about it. You'll be cold and sober there.
0: Yeah, you could just stick your beer into the snow.
1: That is actually the coolest beer I've ever had in my life. In not in that it was cool like Bart Simpson. But cool is in like ice cold. All oh, right. Yeah.
0: Was it too cold? Because you were in the snow. No, it
1: was so good. Okay. After a day on the slopes, ripping it up, you know? <laughs> yeah, all right. Cutting sick laps.
0: <laughs> Shut up, idiot. I yeah. bet you
1: weren't. Doing five-o grinds. <laughs> I don't even know if they're a thing. Pretty sure I may have done those in Tony Hawk skateboarding. What I don't know about, I don't know. In something. Five-o, something other. Kick flip switch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you did none of those things, you did. <laughs> yeah.
1: You can't kickflip <laughs> a snowboard. It's stuck to your feet. Oh, yeah, of course. You <laughs> can definitely switch, that.
0: Mm, yeah. I don't know. I haven't tried skiing or snowboarding. Looking forward to it. As a kid, I used to do a lot of inline skating. Let me get real close to the camera. Can you guys see this scar here? Just, just the YouTubers. And there's mm, someone good to, good scar. Someone to my chin. I um really tore my face up as a kid doing inline skating. So I think I would pick Why don't
1: you a, call it rollerblading?
0: because it's not rollerblading it's inline it's blading
1: Roller roller rollerblades it's inline skating yeah because the wheels on your feet are inline. like rollerblades
0: no so look dean this is like wearing gloves at the gym to not get calluses it's like so fucking dorky no one roller skates you blade
1: i said rollerblading
0: yeah no i don't rollerblade oh wait i do rollerblade
1: you said inline skating
0: <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i did inline skating
1: which is rollerblading
0: no, you do it on rollerblades. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways. What are you talking about? <laughs> so <What>? you'll say <laughs> no.
0: you the can't.
1: movement is inline, you're doing inline skating by using rollerblades.
0: Yeah, but you can also blade and do hockey on blades, which I did too. But that's a sport. Yeah.
1: The feet are irrelevant.
0: <laughs> They're not. <laughs>
1: It's called ice hockey or hockey.
0: But I didn't do it on ice. I did it on blades.
1: I know, but I'm saying the feet part doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm saying the surface in which you play on does. What
0: do you want to call it? Concrete hockey? No, just hockey's fine. <laughs> but there's grass hockey, ice hockey, inline hockey, you know. I don't know hockey. what they
1: call blade hockey. <laughs> hockey blades. Yeah, hello. But Just to clarify, you will roll blades. Not the, four, not, the, not the fucking, like, two wheels at the front, two wheels at the back.
0: Yeah, I didn't roller skate because I'm not a nerd.
1: (laughs) Roller skating is the cool thing now.
0: So um, Jackass came out when I was, I don't know, in primary school, maybe early high school. That's how old I am. And my brother thought it would be really funny to be the cameraman and I would do six stunts. So what did you call them? 5-0, kickflips. They're all stunts. They're moves in skateboarding. I've never seen ever skateboarding before. (laughs) So I was blading down um, a really steep hill and at the bottom of the hill there was this roundabout and I don't know what I was planning on doing over the roundabout. But anyways, I got the death wobbles. I was going too fast and I chickened out and I dove into a bush and um, there was a bunch of branches sticking out and I just tore up my face as I, like, dove into this bush and that's what that scar is from.
1: Still better than hitting concrete. Yeah. Good bail.
0: Yeah, Anyways, I have all my limbs. Fellow
1: bladers, if you're um, <laughs> listening to this and you want to be team D, that it's rollerblading and not inline skating, I think they're actually both correct, to be honest. Um, actually, you know what I reckon it is? I reckon this you should it. wrap it up, no, Dean. This is it, ready? This is the differentiation. Yes. Rollerblading is purely for recreational. Inline skating would be some form of competition, using rollerblades as your means to compete.
0: OK. You might be right.
1: How to be less shit? Know, I, know what the fuck you're doing before you talk about it.
0: I was a I was a single digits kid. This is like before I was ten years old. Oh, I used funny. to do this. So
1: yeah, but that is like me. No, I actual, didn't have
0: Google at the time.
1: Our actual how to be less shit tip is get the macro tracking course because it'll teach you how to be less shit at tracking macros. It's true. Pretty straightforward.
0: If you're going to do something, do it well, my friends. Well,
1: that's okay. All right. no, that's all right. and
0: then we always forget the please take a screenshot and share tag flex perhaps dean and i give us a what's it called when you review review us on itunes i believe that helps with getting
1: yeah a larger audience thumbs up on the old tube maybe even a comment below
0: look we're clearly bad at this but just just help us out guys (laughs) thanks everyone all right that's it bye